Welcome to the Buff and Blue Review Podcast. I'm Nick Poor here with David Korn. David, how you doing this week? We have transitioned to in-studio recording, so oh, yeah. we'll have a little more crisp audio. We'll have maybe a bit more banter because we're here in person looking at each other, so super fun. Possibly and some ASMR content. Did you bring the celery sticks? No, no, no. We, <laughs> talked, about that, we talked about that with Ranjani. That's, that's for, that's for That'll be its show. own podcast. That'll be its own thing. So anyway, we're super happy to be here with you guys. Uh, we have a pretty big episode. Nick, you know we have our first our first champions. Yeah, women's cross country took home the A-10s, finishing first. Our first win of the season from any sport. Yes, led by our dear friend Margaret Coogan. She came in second in the whole race with a time of 17.31.7, so that was pretty good. Yes, yeah, she was just point. Oh, two, no, point two seconds behind first place. She was leg and leg with George Mason runner Annabelle Eastman, but in the end, it did not matter. GW had the best overall running team with runners finishing second, sixth, tenth, fifteenth, seventeenth, thirty-first, and fifty-fifth to bring them an average time of 18 minutes and six seconds. Yeah, a huge win. The first time we've seen a GW team take home the A-10s this year, and it was the first opportunity uh, outside of the soccer teams who we'll talk about towards the end of the year, the end of this episode, I, I apologize, um, who have made it this far into their seasons. Yeah, I think this, and again, Margo was telling us when we talked about this was really like their goal yeah. to win the A-10s, and especially against this national competition, they did really well. Whenever they were playing against similar A-10 competition, they dominated, and this team, I think, has been one of the most dominant GW teams we've really seen in a while and this was the first program win for GW women's cross country and I think this is something really really great for the program something they can build off of just an absolutely huge success for the whole athletics department and athletics at GW as a whole yeah this is I loved that we got the, the opportunity to talk to Margaret Coogan about this season and she said you're right like the goal is to perform at A10s and then at the Mid-Atlantics which are coming up on November 12th so they, their season isn't over yeah, which is kind of fun not done. they have Mid-Atlantic Regionals on Friday November 12th the next weekend on Saturday they have ECAC Championships and then November 20th they have NCAA Championships i believe the men's team will be com- might be competing in those as well i'm not 100% but the women definitely are as A10 champions yeah and uh nick do you have a feeling that we might be able to talk to one of these women this week, I think we're gonna get if if they're just giving it to the best athlete each week, we're getting Margaret Coogan again, finishing second. I don't know what they'll do. Maybe they'll do like the whole team because she's had multiple performances this season where she's arguably been the best athlete. It's hard to compare sport to sport, but she's had multiple performances this year where she's just been so outstanding that it deserves recognition. Yeah, so I don't know. We're really excited. Hopefully, we get to talk to them. I think it would be really great to kind of hear some of their insights from their championship winning runs. But fingers crossed, we will we will see what happens there. But yeah, just great year from them. We've loved following them, loved seeing how well they're doing, and really great stuff. And we'll maybe see them again. One of the cool things about this as well is they also usually all run track. Yeah, they're not done. We'll be seeing these athletes throughout the year. No, who knows? Maybe we could get some. A lot of these players, a lot of these runners are going to compete in the steeplechase, mm. some of the longer running Short events. distance as well. Exactly. So... They'll be back. Yeah, and again, they're not done with the cross country. They got three more competitions in the three coming weeks. 
regionals, mid-Atlantic, and then ECAC nationals and NCAA nationals. So they they really are going to get to compete at the highest level possible, and they're going to continue doing so. Yep, and then the men on the other side also competed in that tournament. A little more disappointing for them. Still a great effort. They came in seventh. Yeah, it was another solid performance from the men's team, um, competing right in the middle of the pack, 7 out of 14. They were led by a fifth-place finish from none other than James Glockenmeyer, another athlete that we got to talk to this semester. He led them finishing fifth. But LaSalle had runners finishing sixth, or sorry, fourth and sixth around Glockenmeyer, Payanga Mbabo and Ibrahim Kadir, sophomores and juniors from LaSalle, carrying their team to a victory at the top of the pack. LaSalle could not be touched a two, whole two minutes ahead of St. Louis, who finished second. A whole massive point lead comparison. They finished with 53 points. Remember, lower is better because where you finish, they finished 53, and St. Louis finished 92nd. So a dominant performance from them. And also, coming in seventh here, that isn't really... Uh... That doesn't demonstrate how well they did because 5, 6, and 7, Richmond at 5, Davidson at 6, GW at 7, there is only a 13-point difference between us and Richmond. Richmond 135 with Davidson 140, uh, 135 for Richmond, 145 for Davidson, 148 for us. So all of those teams, that's a matter of seconds between runners. So we pick up a second here, pick up a second there, you're in fifth. So I think they performed very well, got a bit unlucky with their results, but... Yeah, three runners set PRs. I think that's really impressive. Yeah, they really continue to improve throughout the season. So, good stuff from the men. Again, would have maybe liked to win, maybe liked a top three finish, but I don't think we can be too disappointed with what happened. Yeah, and looking at their top runners, Glock is a sophomore. Or I thought Glock was a junior, but he's listed here as a sophomore. Kevin Conlon's a sophomore. Thomas Sand is a junior. They'll be back. Yeah, they, like the women's team is in their prime. Like Margaret Coogan, if I remember, is a grad student. Um, but these are younger guys, so I think they're also going to be reaching high levels of performance in the coming years and next semester with track. Yeah, so uh, what should we talk about next? Water polo, they had a pretty big win. Yeah, that actually happened, I believe, just before we went live. This morning. Yeah. Halloween morning. That must have been a a tough one for these guys to wake up for. But (laughs) they did it. They woke up and they got the dub. Uh, They won 12-11 to at... Coach Christian's former school, Mount St. Mary's. Again, if you have not checked out our interview with Coach Christian, it was on live. It's now up on the podcast. Must listen. Must listen. And we look forward to hearing more from him this season as we cover shows, the games, sorry, live on ESPN Plus. Well, and sorry, our camera work. And then live on radio. GWRadio.com, iHeartRadio. That's the big one. That's all of our anchors commentating game by game for free. But we, again, fingers crossed. We will hear a lot more from Coach Christian. Hope to build on that relationship. Yeah. And, yeah, anyway, back to the pool. Yes. They won 12-11, led by Antonin Krauj. I'm sorry. He led the with three goals. Andreas Sikolich, Antonin Krauj, and Nick Schroeder chipped in two goals. That's, These Eastern European names are tough. That's a typo. They had Krauj listed as a three goal and then a two goal. So Schroeder and Sikolich had two goals. Krauj had three. Yes. They trailed 7-6 following a Mount St. Mary goal, 21 seconds into the second half, and then just popped off four straight goals, took that lead, and never let it go to win 12-11. Yeah, so again, big thing what happens, uh, what we learned when we talked uh, to Andres Levi for water polo is that in a close game like this, close match like this, 
how the keeper is just so important. And Luca Castorina had a big 15 saves, which again, lets one of those in, they're going to OT. Yeah. Two of those in, it's a loss. So really huge effort from him on the defensive end. So good win by Waterpolo. They will be back in action Thursday against Navy. That'll be a reschedule. And then they'll be home on Sunday for a doubleheader against Wagner and Fordham. Listen, so that's huge. Next week, three games. That yep. could get them above 500. Right now they're 8-10. and 10. They sweep the weekend. They would be 11-10. and 10. Yeah, and these are, again, all winnable games, I think. Navy, they like the water, though. I, th- I think they're going to have a bit of a – they got their sea legs. Ah, that that was horrible and corny. Do you think that the the kind of similar again they have to be do the midshipmen they have to be pretty good swimmers, right? Yeah, they. I mean, they get tested on all parts of their physicality. Nick, you have a bit more familiarity with Navy ah, from I your cover, other job. I cover Navy football for another job, but they've had a, a solid season. They have not yet beat a ranked opponent this year. Um, but they came close against number nine Princeton. They hung in there, lost eight eleven. So they're an, and then Santa Clara number fourteen lost five seven. Um, San Jose State number nine four seven, and they also beat Mount St Mary's eighteen to six. So they're a team that I think is at a similar level to GW, where they're competing with these ranked teams, but not taking points off them. They're not getting the dubs. Um, so it'll be a very hard fought match between the midshipmen and. The hippos. And then that Fordham match, they got the better of us when we were in New York. Uh, again, they're ranked. They're really solid. That would be a huge upset, and would really look good on their resume if they're able to get that win. Yeah, that would be huge, taking out a division rival, a team we've gone against often in other sports, men's exactly, basketball. Exactly. No, I think they're the only other A-10 water polo program. I believe you might be right. Um, they're definitely definitely the rivals in this, in this, uh, in this sport. So pretty cool, pretty cool stuff from there. Um, both soccer teams finished up their seasons. Uh, the women ended on a nice little hot streak. Yeah, they they popped off. Well, actually, got oh to... my bad, we should talk about that last. Yeah, we'll push that back. The only other thing that we haven't talked about actually is women's tennis. They played at the ITA Atlantic Super Regionals hosted by Virginia. Stella Wiseman and Katarina Marinkovic. Yes. Sorry, that was the third time I've had to say that name in three weeks, and I think I finally got it. Katarina Marinkovic represented the Buff and Blue. They lost to UVA's Natasha Subhash and Sofia Munera 8-4 in the opening round. So they lost opening round, but it was a competitive match. It was 8-4, and it was an extremely high Power 5 school with UVA. Their season isn't over. GW looks to head into its final tournament of the fall season at the Seahawk Ocean Classic, hosted by UNC Wilmington, next weekend, November 5th to November 7th. But back to soccer. Yeah, well, so the men, they had... I think... We were talking about cross-country. I think we may have had a performance from the men's soccer side that could get a Colonial of the Week. But again, he already was Colonial of the Week. Oscar Haynes-Brown with a four-goal performance in a 4-3... OT win against St. Bonaventure. That that was a statement. Which, four goals, scoring all of your team's goals in a win. In overtime. In overtime. That's pretty, pretty nuts. That was, he had some outstanding performances down the stretch run uh, last Wednesday. And this is also to close out his career yeah. as well. Yeah, wow. He's now in the top bracket of scorers in GW history if I if I'm correct, right? He has to be. Yeah. Like it's it's just a a masterclass of a match. 
Yeah, the Bonnie's another competitive team. Um, I know this season didn't exactly go how they expected it to, how we were hoping for it to, but they ended on a strong note. And Oscar Haynes-Brown, I think, is an extremely talented athlete that could definitely continue playing at another level if he wanted to. I agree. And, yeah, this season they were not able to make the postseason like they wanted, challenge for the championship like they wanted. But this this last match really was a good kind of ending. Yeah. As good of an ending as it can be without being in the postseason for Oscar Haynes-Brown and the rest of the seniors that are graduating with him. So I think that's definitely something they can take away from this, that similar to what we'll hear from uh, Kelly Amador and the women in the interview with her, that they really did leave it out all on the pitch. And so you can, there's nothing but respect for that. Yeah, and I know goal scoring and, and total tallying isn't something he cared about. I, that was something we got from his interview with him. He was a very team-focused player. But in career goals, he jumped up from ninth to a clear spot for seventh on all time with 31 goals, one goal behind Steve Maston with 32. An all-time great now in GW history. He's really cemented his place in the record books. Um, in terms of points, he has 68, which I believe also ranks, yes, that also ranks ninth on the top list. They haven't updated the record book yet, but after this season, they're going to have to etch his name in a couple times. <laughs> Do we want to talk about volleyball for a minute? Yes, yes. Did they two, compete this week? Two more losses. Mm-hmm. 3 3 to URI and St. Louis. You got four more matches in the season. Yeah. Yeah, I I really thought this team could rally after that, that win at George Mason that I, I was lucky enough to call. That was huge. But they haven't won a set in four matches since then. Mm-mm. It's a shame. It is. I, I know this is a really hard-fighting team with a lot of talent and a lot of grit. Um, seeing them win and just that that excitement for some of those those plays, some of those points that they won against George Mason – I really thought that that hunger would carry over, and I'm sure they're hungry, but they just haven't been able to get the results. Um, very hard-fought sets in most games, though. They haven't been getting blown out of the water, especially in the first sets uh, against St. Louis on Saturday. They lost 20-25, and then things kind of trailed off from there. But, again, the season's not over. they got four games left, all against A-10 opponents. Um, they can kind of – hopefully they can end on a good note like our women's soccer team did this year. Yeah, definitely. It would be a nice little chair on top of the season if they were able to get a few wins at the end. Yes, and moving to women's soccer, they had an outstanding finish to their season. Last Sunday, they took care of St. Joseph's 2-0. They then went and beat Duquesne on Thursday, 3-1, and then a double OT draw at Davidson with their playoff hopes on the line. Um... If they had won, and I believe it was St. Joseph's had lost in their last week of last slate of competition, they would have eked in as the eight seed in the Atlantic in the Atlantic Ten Conference Tournament. But um, they did not, sadly. But an outstanding season from them, and we're going to get a great interview from one of their star players, Alicia Window. Yeah. No. So. We've had a great time talking to... Oh, we had one from Lacey Window. We had Kelly Amador this week. Yes. My bad. We had a great time talking to these two players. And yeah, we really hope you enjoyed this interview with Kelly. It was a bit emotional because this was her last match and after her very illustrious career with GW. And we had a really great time breaking it down with her and learning a lot about the women's soccer program. 
right, so uh, guys, welcome back to the Buffalo Blue Review. Here we are with Kelly Amador. Congratulations on an amazing career at GW. What a way to end it. Three goals in the last two games. Has it really sunk in yet that, you know, you're kind of done with your career here? Um, well, thank you, first off. But also, I, I don't think so at all. Um, everyone keeps asking me that, and I would say not at all yet. I don't, I don't know when that will happen, but yeah, no. So you really led like a late push for the team to try and qualify for the tournament, dominating all over the attack. Does it feel good knowing that you just left it all out in the field and gave your all in the final stretch? I think that's definitely part of it. And I mean, I don't think um, three goals in two games or whatever other stats you listed could ever feel bad. But I think that um, for me, the best case scenario would have been the team making it through in a postseason, And I think obviously that is, um, that's a downer and a little bit of a disappointment for my last year, but I think, um, yeah, I'm definitely proud of myself and I'm proud of the team for how we responded to sort of everything we were facing this year in terms of our record. But I think that, um, yeah, making it through would have definitely felt a bit better. <laughs> So with that, that late, you said that late team push, do you think you're leaving the team in a good state this year? Obviously you're a leader and you're moving on. Do you think that there's people ready to take that leadership position? I think so, for sure. I think there were um, people ready this year even and last year. And um, I think that we had a lot of half of our, over half our team was new this year, you know? So I think that this was definitely a bit of a building year and you can even see that we sort of found our groove towards the end of the year um, a little bit too late, but I think that gives, hopefully gives everyone on the team hope. And it definitely gives me hope for watching them next year. So in addition to all those goals you scored, you also led the team in assists. Do you feel a bit more comfortable as kind of more of the playmaker on offense or as someone who is more focused on putting the ball in the back of the net themselves? I would... <laughs> I would definitely say um, more so as a playmaker. I think that, um, to be honest, I don't even know what my position is anymore. Like last year I played center back. This year I was like one game I think I played on every line. So I would say my most comfortable place is for like the coaches to just tell me what we need that game and to try my best to do it. But I think that definitely as a playmaker, like that was a massive adjustment for me this year like thinking that or sort of having a little bit of that weight on my shoulders like I need to be finishing more goals or a goal a game or whatever it was like that has never really been my mo so I would definitely say more as a playmaker yeah no so I think that's definitely something we've learned about this team so far like last week we talked to Alicia Window and she was telling us how she's played both like in the back and midfield kind of shifted around positions is that something the coaching staff has kind of imparted on you guys like just doesn't matter where you play like let's shift it around see what works I think I would definitely say that for sure that comes from the top down but I also would just say like in general within any team sport I feel like um <clears throat> you obviously have your specialties but there's also sort of like a you just got to be ready to contribute the best way possible for the team so I feel like that should kind of always 
be the mindset in a way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you spent a lot of time with GW five years. What are some of your favorite memories from your time wearing the buff and blue? Uh, um, yeah, that's kind of crazy. I've been, I know I was here before this coaching staff was even here. Um, I would say, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is our run in 2019 into the A-10 final. I think that was um, an insane sort of feat. I think it's the it was the first time in like 20-some years we had made it that far in the tournament or to the final. Um, that was amazing. A lot of people um, excelled and popped off that year. So that was like an incredible thing to see. I think this year, um, shockingly one of my favorite memories is when maria scored in the uva game <laughs> that was definitely like regardless of the score of that game that was a super hype moment for us um <clears throat> i think just in general i'm just incredibly grateful for all of the people i've met and the two coaching staffs i worked with and everyone from um the athletic department that has come and gone or that I've met. I just think um, it's been a really incredible experience because I got to play soccer, but also because of all the people I'll now know for the rest of my life. So you mentioned that uh, UVA game uh, that was at UVA in Charlottesville. What are some other, was that kind of one of the cooler atmospheres that you've played in through your time here? Or is there something else that kind of sticks out like that? I would say Yes. And yeah, for sure that, I mean, they have like, they have beautiful facilities there. Um, I would also say a night game at Maryland, any night game, but like our night games at Maryland, we've had a few of them over the years. That was pretty great. Um, I mean, when the Vern gets packed, that's an awesome environment to be in too. So like, I, I definitely love that. And I think being at the A-10 tournament was just an awesome environment as well. Like, all of the teams were staying in the same hotel. Um, we would like trade off practicing on the fields. Like that, that was just a super hype environment too. Yeah, so you also mentioned that deep A-10 run in 2019 when you guys made it to the finals. Like what does it feel like to be part of one of the most successful women's soccer teams in GW's history? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for that year and to have had um that experience here and in my career um that was one of the I mean it's it's easy to say this when you're having success but I think that it's incredibly difficult for me to think of a negative from that year like just in terms of the team the team's attitude um the how the vibe from the bench and from the people on the field, how, pra how practice lifts even early in the morning, how the, um, everyone's attitudes there. Like, I just think everything came together for us that year. And it was from the top down, down up, like every, everyone was completely bought in and it definitely paid off for us. So that was just an, an amazing atmosphere to be a part of. Uh, so this year, what kind of type of responsibility did you feel to the team as a captain and one of the most experienced players? I think for me this year, a major 
focus was on the team's chemistry and just sort of not that this is going to be because of me in any way, but I just mean when sort of just leaving the team in a good place when my career was done. And I feel like they are for next year. And I think on top of that, another focus as we got further into the year and we sort of started picking up some of our results was just keeping morale high and sort of not letting anyone um, drop off in their mindset or what we're still trying to do this season. So I think that was, that definitely became the main focus. And I have to say, I'm incredibly proud of the team for how we bounce back after each game. Yeah. So this is our last question and it's a bit of a loaded one. What's your plans for after this season? Are you going to continue playing soccer? You're going to continue your education. What's next? That is a great question. (laughs) I feel like I have a foot in every sort of direction you could possibly go. Um, I have been, I've had conversations about playing after I've had conversations about, um, possibly continuing my master's in some way, shape or form and whether it's through coaching or on my own. Um, I've had thoughts about just, um, getting into work. So I think that the spring will definitely be, um, a saving money time for me and a working grind time, but come the fall, I don't, I could, I could be playing, I could be finishing my master's or I could be continuing to work. So I wish I had a better answer for you and for myself, but one of those. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We won't take up any more of your time. Uh, Again, congrats on an amazing career. Uh, Unfortunate end of the season, but you guys did play very well. It was really cool to see you guys come together at the end. And yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Thank you guys so much.